0: Hello and welcome to the NTT 20 Odd Betting Show. It's Ali Maxwell and it's George Ellick on the line today, running through our selections ahead of the EFL weekend and maybe giving you some food for thought ahead of your own this weekend. It's not an easy slate of fixtures, I wouldn't say. And last week clearly wasn't easy either. It was a tough week for us, zero out of two, nap-wise. You got one of your selections up and I shot a complete blank so we're going to be coming back strong Not for the first time very <laughs> hey. good very good and very base and not george <laughs> not what i expect from you or maybe it should be uh look the betting show is for over 18s only of course and we would ask anyone listening that they be gamble aware head to gambleaware.org.uk for more information around the risks that come with gambling. Um, we're going to get cracking as always with our naps, with our best selections ahead of the weekend. George, where have you, where have you found something? Where have you found a nugget of strong value this weekend?
1: <laughs> to use your word, I'm looking at the League Two slate. Nice. Uh, and I um, am siding with Crew at home to Salford.
0: Oh, that's what uh, I did last week. Don't be fooled.
1: They'll, they'll yeah, do. But you, you were, you were undone by a, a very. And I was going to get to that. Uh, where Crew's last home game. It was a 3-2 defeat against Cambridge. Um, Cambridge went on to win their next game 4-0 um, away at, at Mansfield midweek. Um, so maybe you know the result doesn't look quite as bad. There's also the the circumstances of the of the loss as well, where Paul Green was sent off um, early on in the game, only for Crew to get it back to 2-1 with 10 men. Uh, and then went down 3-2 to a controversial penalty mm. um very late on for Cambridge even though i'm not necessarily convinced it was as controversial as other people seem to um it was nonetheless uh, one that crew fans will feel like they didn't deserve to lose despite losing a man i thought it was an absolute
0: disgrace personally but that's by the by
1: nonsense um but crew yeah so they lost their last their last home game last season of course they were they were exceptional at home and even this season they have started the you know, they started the campaign really, really well. Um, they have won uh, six of their last eight league games, which is pretty impressive. They've got 18 points already this season. Um, Salford haven't won a game away from home yet. Um, they, have, they have no Richie Towel. Well, Richie Towel is, is a doubt for the weekend. I think it's unlikely he's going to play. So without a towel, it could get pretty messy um, here today. And, uh, and I just think that the screw team... <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> Sorry, no, keep going. Is that a genuine laugh? Because I hope it was. Because that just came to me whilst I was doing this, which I'm amazed about. <laughs> oh, really? You haven't prepared I just read his name for the first time it's the first time I've ever noticed that it's the same word as just like a, like a towel. Brilliant. And uh, So I thought I'd say something. Yeah. Well done. So, um, sorry to
0: interrupt. Please continue. No,
1: no, it's fine. It's fine. And, you know, this crew team, we've spoken about the young talents they've got at their disposal. Um, whether it's Charlie Kirk um, in that forward three or Perry NG um, marauding up the right hand side from the back uh, and um, it just, yeah, it, it, I think that this crew team, look, despite some reservations early on in the season, I think that the pre-season optimism that, that many fans had is probably well-founded, given their start and given the quality they've got um, in their ranks and, and the form run. Um, they may, you know, the home form isn't quite as impressive this season as it was last season. There's, there's no denying that. Um, but the caveat is that they lost an opening day 3-0 to Plymouth oh, since then, they've only lost one game, and that was that game against Cambridge, for which we can, I think, excuse them a little bit due to the circumstances. Uh, they're nineteen to twenty, um, and it just seems like a massive price um, for one of the one of the crack teams in the league against one of the poor. Well, not one of the poorest teams, the league, but one of the poorest away teams in the league, um, missing their their star player and their star signing from the summer. Um, so, crew on my nap.
0: Nice. Just like me last weekend, let's hope for more success this time around. Let's hope for no early red cards and no dodgy refereeing decisions. I'm picking another game in League Two, another home team in League Two. It's Port Vale to beat Mansfield Town. Port Vale available at 2.6. This is a little bit longer than my usual nap, which, you know, in theory should be the banker. I'm feeling really good about this. I think there's... No such thing as a banker. Well, quite, but a uh, a desired banker. <laughs> a banker of sorts. Whatever. Let me continue. Port Vale, 2.6 against Mansfield. Best prices with bet, 3.65. And I think there's something going a little unnoticed, perhaps, and that is that Port Vale, with a much-improved atmosphere after a much-needed takeover in the summer um, and, and building on, on a decent finish to last season... Uh, are doing quite well Uh, and certainly they're doing very well at home in the league this season Uh, not so much away from home but they're at home this weekend so that's what we'll focus on three wins and one draw the draw was against Northampton early on in the season since then they've won three in a row against Forest Green Cambridge and Plymouth, Forest Green and Plymouth, of course, uh, pretty good teams in Cambridge. You mentioned doing very well away from home recently as well. So uh, in those games, they've won the shot count in all of them, the shot on target count in all four of them, the XG battle in all of them. So they are deserving of this strong home start. And I think it speaks to, uh, as I mentioned, that change in atmosphere around the place at Port Vale. But it's not all about that. That was a sort of happy thing to discover because my starting point here was anti Mansfield. There's all sorts going on at the moment. As you referenced, they lost 4-0 in midweek. That was at home to Cambridge. Now, they were down to 10 men at 0-0. But it's more that the manner of the last three goals, which flew in in the last few minutes, the reaction of the crowd with a lot of chanting for the manager's Uh, metaphorical head rather than literally I think Uh, and I I think the way that they collapsed in that game doesn't reflect particularly well on the character of the team and perhaps more pertinently their relationship with the manager John Dempster simply not living up to expectations at this stage just two wins in their first nine games and look pre-season we said this was possibly the strongest squad in League Two and the only thing that was holding us back from having them right At the very top, as champions in our pre-season predictions, was a little bit of uncertainty about a rookie manager. Well, so far, as much as it pains me to say it, um, Dempster hasn't been able to get the best out of this team. There's a lot of rumours flying around, uh, a lot of expectation, I think, really, amongst the fan base. Certainly, uh, Sam, a Mansfield fan who I spoke to earlier, that he will leave his post as manager. It didn't happen straight after that game in midweek, like some were expecting. But a number of the staff have left the club today, the fitness coach, goalkeeping coach, one of the analysts. Uh, and that's all a little bit strange. And And the suggestion is that it will lead to Dempster either leaving the club entirely, but more likely maybe moving back to his role as academy manager with a more experienced figure appointed. There's been murmurs of Chris Coleman, which I love. Uh, that would be seriously lively. And uh, yeah, I suppose if there's all that rumorizing for want of a a, a, pro- a proper word <laughs> if there's all that rumorizing surrounding the club uh, as they go into this game this weekend against Port Vale and and after what happened on Uh, in midweek I just don't see things getting any better this weekend so up against a Port Vale team with the opposite atmosphere at home with a very good atmosphere and and good performances behind them I'm going to pick Port Vale at 2.6 as my nap this weekend so next best selections George you've got two of these to play with from across the three divisions where are you going to next
1: yeah the first one's Reading at home to Blackburn at 31 to 20 so just a shade over six to four is the best price at the moment that's a lovely price Um, isn't it yeah it's a cracker I mean, I'm glad you you agree with me Mm. that I got in there first. Um, Reading, I mean, always with these things, you've you've got to look beyond results. We did it a few weeks ago with QPR. um, And Reading just seemed like a team who aren't really getting the rub of the green at the moment. Uh, You look at their previous couple of results and it doesn't look particularly um, good. You know, they were beaten 1-0 at Middlesbrough last time out. Before that, they were beaten 2-0 at home to Charlton. But I think in both those games, before they went behind, they had chances to go in front. And even when they went behind as well, could feel aggrieved that they, that they picked up no points from the games. And that came after a really good run of three games where they completely demolished Cardiff 3-0 and then got a good result at West Brom and then beat Huddersfield on the road. So the optimism amongst fans about this team, about this squad being better than last season's, is well-founded. John Swift and, and Avi Ejaria are having tremendous starts to the campaign. Whilst Lucas Shaw and and, and George Puskas have in flashes shown that they can do a bit, I think that Puskas, since that um, quite loud arrival onto the scene, has slightly um, come backwards a little bit in his progression. But there's no doubt that that they have the tools at their disposal with that front two to to put, you know, to scare these teams um, and to to score some goals. With Blackburn, we backed them last week and, and they did the job at home, but away from home, they're always a different uh just a, a weaker team mm. to be honest and they picked up three points on the road this season from three games brought in lewis holtby um who i think looks like a really interesting signing i mean well, i think people will remember him um from his time in the premier league as is kind of a technical player but from what i'm reading today he's he's kind of revolutionized himself and um, presumably not particularly successfully given he's now going to, to blackburn Um, into more of a kind of a midfield terrier and someone who can come into the middle of the park and do a lot of the running. And I think they need that with Bradley Johnson, not the most mobile of centre midfielders. So I think he will be a welcome addition. It's probably unlikely he's going to be fit and ready to to play in this one, even if he does play. I doubt we're going to see the best of him. Um, So it's, yeah, I think Reading's form and the team, there's not too much to be um, worried about, um, in my opinion, from those, from those zero points in two games, if they continue playing the way they are, they're going to pick up points. And taking on a team who aren't particularly happy on their travels seems like a good fit. Um, So I think that they're heavy. I mean, they are the favourites, obviously, going into it, I think they should be a little bit shorter. Um, So yeah, Reading at just a shade over 6-4 to is my next best.
0: Nice, good stuff. I'm really interested to see what Holtby brings. It's easy to forget, perhaps, given a quiet few years, that this is a player with three caps for Germany, with 200 Bundesliga games under his belt, 38 Premier League games. Uh, his under 21 record was incredible, and that is now quite a long time ago, clearly. But this is a, a player with serious pedigree who has had a, a lot of quality in the past. So, at the age of 29, on a free transfer, that is a creative bit of transfer business from Blackburn. And I, I'll be interested to know the sort of uh, the hows and, and whys of how it came about. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, I'm picking in the championship this weekend, Cardiff City, and they are at home to Middlesbrough. They're available at 2.15. I think black Black type are the best price with this one. Um, uh, Cardiff and Middlesbrough head into this game on the same points thus far, um, both of them on 10 points from their nine games and just inside the, the bottom half of the table. But I don't think they are equals particularly and certainly not with Cardiff's home advantage. Um, Middlesbrough certainly not loved by the underlying numbers so far this season and you can see even by looking at their results without even digging deeper how tight all of their games have been. The games that they've won, they've won narrowly, they've had a couple of draws and a couple of fairly narrow defeats so uh, they've not dominated anyone yet. They do look to be a, a work in progress under Woodgate and they're in good form on paper they've played a lot of home games recently and they've avoided defeat in their last four league games but as I said they've not dominated anyone yet that they've not really even had a game in which they've created a glut of chances if you go through their underlying numbers perhaps not since that opening day against Luton Um, although that was you know those xg numbers boosted by a penalty as well there so they are certainly not the finished article Cardiff I suppose you could say the same about, but they have been strong at home, two wins and one draw so far. Uh, I can hear the real Cardiff um, analysts saying, well, those two wins were both late winners, of course, but in both of those games against Huddersfield and against Luton, the, the you know they did dominate the games, dominate the shot count, um, the XG battle. So deserved wins despite late winners and shows a, a, a certain strength of theirs as well. They drew with Fulham at home in their other home game. There was a great, uh, graphic that i retweeted on the not the top 20 twitter account earlier um peter mckeever i think it was who was showing which teams in the championship win the ball back in dangerous areas and also which teams give it away closest to their goal most frequently And i think it's a really interesting stat we're always told by those within the game that moments of transition are something that teams really focus on sometimes to an extent that that your average fan doesn't necessarily realise. But Cardiff are looking really good in that regard. They're right towards the top in terms of teams who win the ball high up the pitch in the opposition half and close to the opposition goal. And we know as well that Middlesbrough are are trying to play this year, aren't they? Trying to overhaul the style uh, and trying to be a team really comfortable in possession, playing it out from the back. I I expect Borough will have the lion's share of possession in this game. Uh, Luton and Huddersfield and Fulham have all had more of the ball away at Cardiff this season, but if they do overplay at any point in their own half, Cardiff are primed and ready to to, to pounce, essentially, uh, and they can really punish them. So... Um We know that Cardiff have a couple of different ways of hurting teams. An aerial threat, of course, a threat from set pieces. I think Glatzel looks like a handful, even if he's only scored just the one penalty so far. They've got those very direct wingers as well who chip in with goals. And I think they manage these games pretty well, Cardiff. So I'm expecting them to pick up a win. I don't think that it'll be a dominant win, but a narrow home win for Cardiff here is my selection in the championship. But where's number three coming from for you, George?
1: League one. Nice. Um, Rotherham face Shrewsbury um, and I'm backing Rotherham here um, at uh, just a shade of odds against. So we're getting 51 to 50. I mean, basically even money here um, for Rotherham to come up trumps against uh, Shrewsbury. I mean, Shrewsbury haven't been playing badly recently. It's, it's worth pointing out that, I mean, a look at their points tally will show you that they've been picking up points fairly regularly. They haven't, they've only been beaten once since the second game of the season and that was at Portman Road. So no shame um, whatsoever in that. Um, but kind of a look a bit deeper into who they've been playing. I mean, they, they beat Southend 4-3 midweek. So this is a end team who um, uh, have only picked up one point all season. Um, they've got a one-all draw away at Wimbledon, another one of the teams who are really, really struggling to perform. So maybe you need to take this with a little bit of pinch of salt. And at the same time, I think it was largely, you know, Rotherham's 6-1 victory over Bolton was largely written off um, as being, you know, it's Bolton... Uh, whilst they may have brought players in, it's still a team who who are, who are going to be thrashed week in, week out. But we saw on, on midweek, irrespective of what you think of Oxford, they put in a, a very, very different performance. And the likes of Valinden and Will Buckley were really, really dangerous. And the players they brought in starting to take shape. So maybe, I mean, whilst it's it's by no means a 6-1 win against a good Bolton team, maybe it's not quite worth putting it into the same pile as all the 5 nil wins that we saw from teams earlier on in the season. And uh, they've got some fantastic players in really, really good form as well. Um, Hasty started the season in unbelievable form, both creatively and and in terms of, of the goals he's scoring. Um, Freddie Lodarpo has started life at Rotherham pretty well as well. Ben mm-hmm. Wiles scored a fantastic solo effort um, in the uh, last weekend. Um, and a Rotherham fan got in touch asking us why we didn't talk about it. And he was completely fair because we should yeah. have done because it was yeah. a great goal. Um. And I, I think this Rotherham team are going to challenge for promotion. I think they are good enough. A couple of, of poor early results at home. Um, you could maybe, again, they, they conceded a, a late equaliser against and um, dropping points at, at late stages of the game. But I feel like that Bolton game could be a bit of a, a, a moment to give them the confidence to go forward and, and dominate games. Mm. And a one-all draw at the Stadium of Light is, is, is another good result to get midweek. Um, Shrewsbury as I say I'm not necessarily convinced by the form line I think the the addition of Jason Cummins will give them a bit of edge they didn't necessarily have before but this is a game that Rotherham are going to have to expect to win if they want to challenge at the top end of the table and I think that they will so just to shade over even money rotherham are my, my third pick
0: lovely goal scored by jakey don't be hasty uh, in midweek <clears> uh, for rotherham against sunderland and actually a lovely goal from cummings who you mentioned there as well the, the absolute epitome of passed into the net from the edge of the box really really good finisher jason cummings and a, a good start for him at shrewsbury um uh, where am i going oh i didn't really want to do this did i but i'm gonna have to uh, i'm picking lincoln to beat oxford united <laughs> <laughs> With Bet365, they are the best price available, 2.3. Um, so, a few ticks over even money. George, this was not just a vehicle for us to talk about the impending appointment of Michael Appleton to Lincoln City, but given that I'm talking about the game, um, what are your, your thoughts? Is it... You know you you've been banging the drum for him so much even since leaving Oxford uh, over a year ago now, maybe even two years ago now. Are you excited to see him back in management or is it a little bit too close to home that it's another League One club, <laughs> uh, an, an upwardly mobile one, and the team that Oxford are playing this weekend?
1: Yeah, I think given that Oxford manager has a three year contract it's it, it's a bit different now because um you know the chances of, of him coming back anytime soon are pretty slim. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's a great appointment. I think that he fits very well with the recruitment that Lincoln made in the summer. I think the likes of Jack Payne and George Grant are going to really enjoy playing under a manager who encourages um, technical young players to be brave and to express themselves on the pitch. Uh, I think that given that... I think the jobs that the Danny Cowley and Michael Ableton have done Cowley at Lincoln and Appleton Oxford are quite similar, not in terms of the style, but just the way that they conduct themselves, the way they try and change the whole ethos of the club, rather than just what's going on on the pitch. And um, and I think that Appleton will like going to, to a club that's already got that link between the fans and the, and, and the players and the fans and the management team. And that'll be something he'll look to continue, whilst maybe altering the style of play a little bit to suit his... Um, is more, I mean, gung-ho is the wrong word because it's built upon a solid foundation, but just just a slightly different um, high-intensity approach, I guess. Mm. Uh, I, I think he'll fit in very well. Though. My only concern is that because of the success that the Cowleys have had, um, how quickly they will expect Appleton to produce results. Because we saw at Oxford it took him probably about six months to get the team together playing the style of football he wanted to play. And Oxford fans had to be patient. But when they were patient, they were rewarded with probably the best two two years or so that they're going to get uh, as a fan base for a long time. So um, I think it's a great appointment. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how he does. And um, yeah, fair to say that Lincoln, after Saturday, will be my second team in League One.
0: Oh, that's nice. Look, this selection is m- mostly, to be honest, based on how uh, unimpressed, I guess, I've been with Oxford uh, away from home so far this season. Uh, The first two performances against Sunderland and Blackpool were pretty good, actually, without reward, just one point from those two games. Uh, But it's the the more recent away games, defeats at Bristol Rovers and Fleetwood uh, and in drawing as well at at Bolton in midweek, uh, a side who, even with the senior players having been added, had still conceded six just a few days before and then of course, five in, in pretty much three or four games before that. So I'm not particularly impressed with, with Yellow's away form. And uh, as for Lincoln, look, since the Cowleys left, you sort of expect a bit of uh, a bit of sadness, a bit of moping around. They've lost one and drawn one. Uh, if you look a bit deeper, look, they went away to Rochdale and, and Bristol Rovers. Um, they were both very tight games. Quite frankly, probably a draw would have been the fair result in, in both games. So it's not like they've downed tools. Um, and, and I sort of expect that even if Appleton isn't charged on Saturday or isn't in charge, rather, uh, I do think that this is a, a Lincoln side who, you know, uh, as transformative as the Cowley brothers have been, they've also left Lincoln with a fantastic squad of players, especially for a newly promoted League One team. Um, Last year in League Two, they had a League One squad already. Uh, They've come up to League One. I'm not going to go as far as to say they've got a championship squad, but they've added to what was, in my eyes, a League One squad with three or four really, really good additions, good attacking additions as well. Payne has looked really bright. He's not always getting the reward from what I've seen in the last few weeks, but has looked as bright as ever. Another player that Oxford know well. Um, George Grant maybe, maybe taking, or maybe struggling to have Quite as, as big an impact as some people hoped for or expected uh, and Tyler Walker's just slowly starting to notch goals got a really good centre forwards goal in midweek so um, I do think that Lincoln are, are frank, frankly a stronger side than Oxford um, not by miles but but slightly and with the home advantage I think that makes a massive difference so at 2.3 I'm certainly happy to, to have Lincoln on side here I think that they're more likely to, to create the better chances and uh, yeah I'm expecting a home win as well so Bonus bet time. Uh, George, where are you taking us?
1: Walsall against Scunthorpe. Oh, nice. Um, Darrell Clarke against Paul Hurst. Not nil-nil, no. Um, It's uh, Scunthorpe to win to nil at five to one. Uh, Walsall have scored three goals this season. It's pretty desperate stuff there. They don't really have anyone in their team who you could really see being particularly um, prolific. Um, Keelan Lavery... Is a, is a striker I've got a lot of time for, but he's never really been prolific in his career. And uh, and with 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 um, Rory Gaffney, you feel like, yeah, I mean, he's an old ally of, of Clark's, and, and not really much else. So it's hard to see where the goals are going to come from. Uh, Scunthorpe have had a torrid start to the season, but they have scored five goals in their last two games, keeping one clean sheet against Morecambe.
0: Kevin um, Von Vane looking very sharp. Kevin recently. Kevin
1: Von Vane looking very sharp, as you say, and. I think they're putting that poor form early on in the season behind them. I mean, I wouldn't go near Walsall at 5-4 to four in this game. I have way more faith in the away team getting the goal. Um, and uh, and as I say, they've, they've lost to nil three times already this season, Walsall. It's easy to see them struggling to score here, despite Scunthorpe's um, you know, struggles to keep them out this season. I, I still think that this represents pretty good value. I think there are a few markets you can back Scunthorpe in that are good value. Um, but yeah, given Walsall's struggles to score, um, the 5-1 to one for Scunthorpe to win to nil is my extra bet.
0: Well, mine is Bradford City centre-back Ben Richards Everton uh, to score first in their game against Carlisle. I'm genuinely not just saying this. This is easily the most excited I've been about any of these centre-back goal scorer picks. Um, I I did some digging into uh, Mike Holden's Fox Punter ratings, which uh, we subscribe to, if that's the right word. And he, I mean it's a fantastic service anyway, and one of the quite cool things is that he splits up his XG ratings into home and away, which is quite helpful, but also in terms of open play and set pieces, first half and second half, et cetera. So looking at the set pieces, uh, the team that has the most XG conceded from set plays so far in League two is Carlisle. Uh, they traveled to, to Bradford this weekend. Bradford, pretty strong favorites to win the game as you would expect. Bradford, to be fair, in my eyes, still not a team that is creating a huge amount in open play, but do have a threat from set pieces. Uh, And he's called Ben Richards Everton. I can't believe he's 45 to one because we've spoken about it before. There's a lot of centre-backs who... Uh, there'll be this sort of price. And then once they score, the bookies just slash them to sort of 20s or 25 and suddenly it gets a little less appealing. Um, Richardson Everton, sorry, Richards Everton scored in midweek from a set piece uh, and he hasn't been sort of cut accordingly. Not only that, he's had the joint most attempts from a centre-back in League Two this season, along with Dallison, who I picked the other day. I think he's had 11 shots overall, the majority of them from inside the box, three from inside the six-yard box. Um, I I just can't believe that he's still this price, basically, especially as the the dominant aerial threat for a team that is that short uh, in a home game against a team... Really, really poor at uh, at defending set plays. It's almost like the bookies don't spend their day searching through Fox Bunters <laughs> set piece ratings for League Two. But I'm, I mean, I'm feeling really, really good about this one. Um, 45 to one. I think that's with Betfair. Uh, thankfully, they do the nice each way terms as well. So I guess it's 0.5 points each way for me here. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really quite excited about this one, as I, I hope you can tell. So Ben Richards, Everton at 45 to one is my bonus selection to be the first goal scorer in that game I'm also napping up uh, Port Vale at home to Mansfield at 2.6 Cardiff at home to Middlesbrough 2.15 and Lincoln rounding off a load of home teams as my selections against Oxford at 2.3 George run me through what you have selected for us
1: Yeah so the Naps crew uh, 19 to 20 to beat Salford uh, Reading to beat Blackburn at 31 to 20 basically 6 to 4 uh, and then the other one was Rotherham uh, to beat Shrewsbury at even money, let's say, and Scunthorpe to beat Walsall to nil at five to one.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. big yeses for me. Feeling good about all of these, which is a a worrying sign. George, thank you for joining me, guys. Thank you so much for listening to both pods uh, this week. We'll, of course, be back again on Monday reviewing all the EFL action. Uh, We'd be really grateful if you've got to the end of this pod, if you've got anything from it, uh, whether it's just, God, that's a terrible selection, I'm definitely going to avoid that. But if you have got anything from the pod, it'd be great if you would help us out with a retweet, with a share. Um, We're always still kind of indebted to you guys the listeners for helping us grow this podcast as we've been independent since we began but you know we still are looking to grow we are still looking to expand so any help? I also
1: um (laughs) I know I noticed I read our reviews for the first time in a while the other day oh no and I noticed that someone gave us a one-star review and the reason it made me laugh the reason was because it said that George Elliott is very unfair on the lads and I think we all know who he's talking about by the lads (laughs) So if you if you wanted to to write that wrong maybe because um, you know I, I think they're quite good now um, it would be good if you could leave us a review it goes a long way to to helping us out.
0: I mean it's quite it's quite it's almost quite confusing for long term and loyal listeners of the pod because they'll understand who you're talking about when it says that George is unfair to the lads but I'm also still so proud of the lads so it's <laughs> kind of you've got kind of double meaning there. Um, look guys, thank you for listening. That's more than enough from us on this week's betting show, and we can't wait to talk again on Monday.